0: Let's dump this truck. Back it up. Back it up. Let's
1: dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane
2: Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And I'm Laura Bradley.
1: Yes, our wonderful guest, Laura Bradley, is a writer for the Daily Beast and also one of my best friends. This is
2: truth. So everybody, everybody listening, please like tip your hat. <laughs> i trying to think of like, what, do you, what are people saying now? What are what people, people say saying in 2021? That's like tip your hat to our guests. Tip your <laughs> tip like, hat. Tip your hat. Throw up your emojis! I don't know, <laughs> ladies. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, no, it's just it's just nice. I'm talking to two of my best friends. Like it's like usually I'm just talking to one of my best friends. Now I get two, and that's double nice. double
2: the friendship. I mean, what yeah. a good what a good vibe that we need to unpack. To well, one ridiculous remake, and oh, you know, yeah, it's of its me- predecessor. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted I wanted Laura on board for this because whenever we spend time together, we always watch the worst shit. Like I think the last good thing that we watched together was Roxanne.
0: <laughs> that is a good thing that we watched together and I'm deeply glad we did. But yeah, pretty sure it's just been straight trash ever since. It really has. <laughs> and it's so, been months since then.
1: <laughs> it, it really has. It really has and then here I am. Asking you to watch (laughs) Overboard from 2018, directed by Rob Greenberg, who has he directed anything else? Oh, he directed Meet Dave, that one of the many uh Eddie Murphy movies that no one has seen, and the people that have seen it did not like it, which is really it's it's hard to do with Eddie Murphy. That's really just rude. Um (laughs) So it was written by Bob Fisher, Rob Greenberg, and Bob Fisher, who's that? Oh, We're the Millers, Wedding Crashers. Yeah, that all tracks anyway. um,
2: (laughs) It definitely tracks stylistically. And
1: then Leslie Dixon. So they had one woman in here, and she, she, oh, she was, okay, she was the original screenwriter for Overboard, so that's why there's a woman. Okay, so they really didn't ask a woman to come in. Got it. Got it. That
2: totally makes sense. Well, also, why would you muddle your project with having a woman involved? But also <laughs> now that now I know that the original overboard
1: was written by a woman, which is something that I did not I did not know. Wow. I didn't know um, that
2: either and I I don't even know how I feel like it's not a matter of oh that makes sense or I'm shocked. I'm just like wow, that's something to unpack. That is something
1: to unpack. So the original is from 1987. It's directed by Gary Marshall. And we all know Gary Marshall, you know, Pretty Woman, Runaway Bride, Beaches, Princess Diaries. He also did all of those, like, themed, like, holiday rom-coms, Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, and Mother's Day.
2: (laughs) I mean, you gotta complete the holidays. Like, if you're gonna go for the major holidays, you gotta hit Mother's Day, <laughs> the most romantic of them all.
0: If there's one day I'm ready to fall in love, it's always Mother's Day. Exactly. Of course. So
2: the original film, um, you know
1: how we, you know, we recently did Swept Away, and we talked about how it's really unlikely to make an American version of Step Swept Away that was a good companion to the original. And like, I feel like Overboard might be the best case scenario for an American swept away.
2: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I can. I completely see that because the dynamic, although the plot itself is ridiculous and you do have to kind of just like, you just have to accept the universe that you're in when you're watching either of the Overboards. It, The emotional dynamic makes so much more sense than the Madonna swept away
1: oh yeah yeah and it's and it's like the same thing because it's like neither one of them the American swept away or the original overboard are about politics which is what stops them from being like canonically relevant but like (laughs) in terms of the bones of the
2: story yeah (laughs) yeah I mean it's a it's a it's a class revenge tale I wonder if Madonna or some weird misogyny. <laughs> I
1: I wonder if Madonna or Guy Ritchie watched Overboard at all cuz then like it really just
2: seems like they were copying that. <laughs> Especially just thinking of like Madonna's outfits and like like just like the the way that she would be like in a swimsuit bossing him around does feel very much modeled after Goldie Hawn's performance,
1: and, and just her
2: like, whole like You know, but also
1: like Goldie Hawn. Man, I forgot how hot Goldie Hawn is <laughs> in Overboard. Like when she's in the swimsuit, like she was. She was almost as like hot as the actress from the original, like Italian Swept Away, where she was just like her butt. And she was, like, almost, like, that was a really risque swimsuit. I did not expect that from a Gary Marshall movie. And her ass looked incredible.
0: The design of that swimsuit, I did find myself, like, really, I was, like, a lot of thought went into, like, between, like, the skin-colored, like, side panels and, like, the way it's cut. Like, so much work went into that swimsuit, I feel like. That is incredibly chosen. Uh, It's like a piece of
2: architecture.
0: Yeah. 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 So I mean
1: the original. So the plot is rich woman hires the original plot is rich woman hires a working class man. So Goldie Hawn hires Kurt Russell, you know, still in Mullet Town, to build a closet for her on her yacht, and then he makes it with a wood she doesn't like. And so she refuses to pay him the $600 that she owes him. And when he, like, asks for it, she just like, okay, let's just ship out instead of paying him. Um, But the hitch is is that her husband, like, hates her. So when she falls overboard and she gets, like, sent to the psychiatric ward because she has amnesia, her husband just,
2: like doesn't pick her up <laughs> so, yeah he just doesn't, doesn't claim her he's like, like I'll <laughs> just pretend that I'm not her husband <laughs> he double
0: checks I love that he double checks that he she can't see him like through the glass before being like yep no idea who no idea who she is bye <laughs> exactly
2: like she will not track me down and so this is fine I can get away with this yeah
1: and so Kurt Russell shows up and he's you know. You know, working class poor guy, and he's got like all these kids, I think like
2: four sons.
0: Four yeah. sons. Yeah. Four, four rowdy. Sons. Yeah, and I she, mean, these
2: are like, these are like sons, you know? These, these are, are like, like, these are like a children's book depiction of like boys, like in the, like, I, I don't know, it's just like, yeah, yeah, all you know, covered in like dirt, inexplicably, yes. like hurting each other. It's just so, and like, <laughs>
1: You know when it's just, like, a bunch of kids in, like, a children's book or something, and they're all just, like, piled on each other? Like, that's what it is. It's, like, a little, I don't know, like, a little tiny testosterone pile of just, like... And they're all blonde, which makes it even... Like, that's some village of the damned shit. Like, I don't trust a group of blonde children.
0: I just... The way they're styled and everything, it's just, like, what I think Cabbage Patch Kids were, like, modeled after. Like, this is what the dolls were meant to evoke, this is the same ethos as, like, the Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, I totally see that. And so she
1: basically gets, like, forced into servitude, where she has to make all their lunches, she has to do all the housework, she rarely gets to sleep, and, like, essentially she just gets used to it. And decides that she would rather live that way, I guess, because in her real life, like, she was bored all the time and her husband is a lunatic. And, like, <laughs> like when he's driving
2: the boat at the end, yeah, that man is nuts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, it's like the, the children are such a big part of both versions. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the original, it's like the little boys are really – annoying and awful and like unmanageable but then of course they start growing soft for her and she starts seeing she has an influence and in my opinion like so much of it is about because uh before she had the accident she mentions maybe wanting to have a baby It's it's her like feeling like a mom and like that was a desire that
0: she had no just like both have that scene where it's like they whichever person has amnesia is like sitting there and thinking like oh, I guess this is my life. And then they start to, like, take ownership of the lives and the, like, caring about the kids. And, like, there's, for both of them, there is this scene where it's, like, supposed to be this, like, pivotal moment of acceptance. And then all of a sudden, everything starts clicking into place where they're just, like, I'm actually okay with this really fucked-up situation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I I noticed that, like, at the end... It was like pre-Rosanne,
1: but it felt like really Roseanne at the end where she's just like <laughs> where she's just like wearing that blue jacket that you always see working class people wear in like shows and movies. Like I don't know where that blue jacket comes from, but it just looks like Roseanne's jacket. <laughs> and then she's just like drinking
2: a beer and it <laughs> just like, okay, okay, I get it yeah it's not just that goldie (laughs) hahn decides that like she has feelings for kurt russell and like wants to be the the mother of his four chaotic sons despite the fact that he kidnapped her when she had amnesia it's like also that she completely even when she when it's revealed at the end what happened and you know of course there's like the anger and then there's the like return she completely adopts his perspective on life it's not just oh I don't need to be rich it's like she doesn't even like clothes anymore <laughs> like you know like yeah you, her, you can be her fashion and friends- like fashion it's weird that it's like obviously now I just wear the same outfit because I've like what it's, <laughs> it's so like, weird it's yeah it's it's weird how like she can't
1: like she could have easily been like it's weird that there's no plot where it's like she spruces up the house and like adds like some of her sensibilities to it. And then like really starts to own her own kind of like working class chic. It's weird that like a person like, cause if you look at her stuff and everything, like she has like a sense of style. It's like, I don't think amnesia makes you lose your sense of style. Like that's I don't know. It's, it's all really strange. And it seems like all she really gets from it is like, she gets to have sex with a hot man. And, like, sure. But, like, you can do that and still, like, maintain who you are as a person. And it bothers me that she doesn't. Um, But, you know, she got to star, you know, she got to star with her boyfriend. They, um, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell were already together before they made this movie. So they decided to make this movie together. Um, So... Once again, we have the we have the swept away question of why would two people who are in a relationship want to make this?
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I, Laura, I, saw, I was like, is, Lord, does Laura have a take on this? No. I, yeah, like my, I don't know, I just keep returning to somehow, even though this plot is really messed up, it still feels more playful than swept away. I think because like he's, even though she's kidnapped, he's not like physically hurting her. Whereas stepped, uh, swept. Oh my gosh, Bronwyn <laughs> swept away. <laughs> I can do words. Uh, swept away has like actual assault and violence, so it's not just situational. So I think it is easier to imagine a couple thinking that it's like funny and playful to be in this together, but it's still such a bizarre plot to be like, Oh, my character is going to kidnap you and torture you because you were a classist asshole. (laughs) There's so much to unpack there.
1: Yes, there is. So that's the, so that's the original, and, um, you know, I was kind of dreading talking about it, like, because we started this podcast, like, a while ago, and so we had already started the podcast when the remake came out, and I remember coming out and thinking, we're gonna have to do this eventually, and I am fucking dreading it. So it's, it's good that we can talk about just both of them at once, instead of having separate episodes, I'm glad that we waited. it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean it is I think it's a lot of people have who have seen the new one have hopefully seen the original, so like comparing them as part of the viewing process.
1: Yeah. yeah. So the so the 2018 one, we instead of Goldie Hahn and Kurt Russell, we have Laura, do you know?
0: <gasps> Eugenio Derbez probably. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Great. <laughs> That's it.
0: <laughs> um and he is like who
1: is he? I i had never seen him before. I know that like when when it came
2: out, people were like, Oh, I love him and I was like 2019 the live action Dora the Explorer movie. Oh um, He was also in How to Be a Latin Lover, which, you know, exists. Oh, and oh, yes. right, yeah. And then he's in a lot like he's in a lot of mexican movies that not not all of them are like as easy to access streaming um in the u.s but like yeah he has a big imdb i know i'm scrolling right now i'm like damn you've been working that's why i didn't
1: even know where to start i was just like look at this and like yeah. just the stuff where the spanish voiceover stuff like he that new grinch movie he plays like this in the spanish translation of the new grinch movie and it like makes me want to watch it just to know how he sounds
2: but also, no he was, he was in the adam sandler movie jack and jill oh my so you know for the adam sandler heads (laughs) but he i mean i thought he was fantastic um yeah no he's great oh i see this version despite all of the choices in this version yeah
1: yeah he's great like at first i was like i don't know who this guy is what's his deal but as the movie goes on i'm just like this guy this guy is fucking hilarious
0: Yeah. I hadn't seen him before, which is why, uh, when he's, (laughs) I remembered his name was, but I couldn't remember his last name, which is why I was like, probably. Uh, but, uh, no, I thought he was really funny. Like I thought his physical performance was a really amusing one. And like, I don't know, he's a really like. He's a really good performer. Like, the comedy was really funny, actually. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like, I felt like he brought so much comedic energy to the movie, and his comedic energy and Anna Ferris's comedic energy are very different kinds. Like, they're both energetic on screen, but in very different ways. And in that sense, I think that they complemented each other on screen, despite, like, the plot. The
1: plot itself.
2: okay.
1: Okay, so here's what I... Okay, I mean, we all know who Anna Ferris is. She was the superior wife of Chris Pratt. She was the superior. I mean, I love her. I, I have stand. I feel like I've stand for her on this podcast before. Oh yeah, you know, we've definitely I, had a,
2: a, on a Ferris like appreciation episodes when we did. What's your number? I think we talked about how much we yes, love. Yes,
1: <laughs> what's your number? That piece of artwork. What's your number? But yeah, and she, you know, the classic stoner comedy, Smiley Face, which everybody should see, and May, this amazing horror movie from two thousand two that I actually want to write about for the anniversary next year it's really good it's like frankenstein but um with a woman and also anna Ferris is like a lesbian in it and it's that, <laughs> that part of it is really interesting have y'all
2: seen it no. no
1: oh my god I've... y'all gotta y'all gotta watch that horror
2: movie <laughs> yeah i need i need to see that i've i mean i've seen i've obviously seen her in you know a lot of movies all of the scary movies of course house bunny house you know bunny, we, she yeah. wasn't just friends which we also covered yeah we covered the, she, was, she um, was in my
1: super ex-girlfriend which we also covered she yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah she's been on the podcast a lot and I also have watched mom which I think her and Alice and Janie are both great in I, um, yeah I agree yeah so I mean she's she's just like I always love to see her yeah um, um
1: we also have, um, Eva Longoria, which I feel like is not, you know, we don't need to introduce her. She's Eva Longoria. Um, there's, uh, oh, what? <laughs> uh, there's Mel Rodriguez, who is like, he's in like a lot of like television comedies. He's in on, on becoming a God in central Florida, a very fascinating show, like last man on earth, better call Saul, like. He's a TV guy, and you can tell because he's he's also, like, really funny in scenes. Like, I really enjoyed him. I will say that, like, I think I enjoyed the Spanish-speaking cast more than the English-speaking ca- cast.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I yeah, Mel, so. Mel Rodriguez was so great. Um, he brought so much. I mean, the thing is, like, I think a lot of the – a lot of the individual actors in the new version were just as good, in my opinion, as many of the actors in the, in the first version. Um, But the actual like way that it pulled together in the newer version didn't work for me quite as well. Yeah. Everyone's funny,
1: but there's no cohesion. Yes, like it feels like the movie keeps on switching from one movie to the other one. So there's like, there's like, of course, the main plot of uh, Eugenio uh, playing uh, Leonardo, Leonardo Montenegro. Like this is why I haven't had a Spanish class in several years. I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> um, so, yeah, Leonardo, he's about to get, like, his father's fortune, and his sister, of course, wants the fortune for herself, and their whole, like, tit-for-tat, like, all of their arguments are super funny, because, like, it's like, it's the rich, like, it's just such a the rich plotline, like, who is gonna get the rest of the family money, <laughs>
2: Right. And like that trope of like, we don't actually care about our dad because all we care about is money. And of course there's a third sister who's the bleeding heart who like cares about the charity. And they always say weird things to her, like classes, things about like her helping poor kids. And she's just kind of the one who's like, what, what's wrong with all of you?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, the actress who plays her is Mariana Trevino and, that's Sophia, which loves Sophia. She had very like uh that that one in in happiest season that writes the books, <laughs> the fantasy yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. That's the energy that I had that I got from it's her. It's a very and then,
0: similar energy. yeah I yeah,
1: and I loved her, and so and there's also Cecilia Suarez who plays Magdalena.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> Magdalena is is so hilarious. She's
0: she's so good. She is. She's very like cartoon villain. She <laughs> Yeah. Down to the expressions, the sort of way she like moves just all of it. It's all very like it's does it smack of Cruella? I don't know. Maybe a I little was bit just about to say <laughs> Cruella.
1: So yes, yeah. It's <laughs> because she it's it's a twofold thing where it's like she like is pretty ruthless, but also he is her brother is just really just kind of like a waste, like he just wastes his time all the time. Like there's nothing, not like a ton of substance there. So it it makes sense that she as the ambitious one wants the money, but like, I don't know, they're both rich. So I don't want either one of them to have it. <laughs>
0: I love that in the original, Goldie Hawn falls overboard trying to get her giant ring, and in this one, he falls overboard because he's trying to retrieve, like, six condoms. I'm like, bro, you are rich. (laughs) Do you need these six specific condoms? Do you not have more condoms anywhere on this yacht? Like...
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I that that switcheroo was one of the many in in the new version that I was like, come on, like give 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 the plot a little more leverage than that. Like give oh my give God. him something. <laughs> like condoms, you know, we, yeah, we don't have to like him at first, but we do have to believe he's an actual person. And I do not believe that this rich man would jump in the water for the condoms. I mean, I guess he's drunk. He's day drunk all the time. So
0: right. It's just, like, they didn't give us anything to hold on to other than, like, he sure does drink a lot, and he sure has a lot of money. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. And he always has ladies, you know, around. And, yeah, I mean, this one, it's interesting because, like, Anna Ferris is, she's the single mom of three, you know, her, their dad has died, so much like the original, the mom of the boys has died, the The dad of the girls has died. And she goes to clean Leonardo's yacht. and like she's like facetiming her friend to show her friend the yacht. and and then he's like in bed and she doesn't realize. So then he kind of pops up and they have this, you know, tense exchange. She's apologizing and everything. And that's how their their dynamic is established. But it's interesting because the original Goldie Hawn is immediately yelling at Kurt Russell. And this one, Leonardo's kind of like chill at first. He definitely gets creepy, but he's kind of just like, oh yeah, whatever. Just, you know, it's fine. I know that you FaceTimed your friend from my boat, you know, go on and clean. And then like two women come in and they're like in bikinis and Anna Faris is like, oh, this is awkward. And then he's like very quickly switches modes and is like, yeah, you need to clean faster. So their dynamic is like very much, it's less established at first than Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's, which is her immediately screaming at him and calling him names.
0: Yeah. In general, like I, for me, the main problem with the 2018 version is just, there's no, it's not even that there's bad chemistry between Anna Ferris and Eugenio. It's just, there is no, like there's no chemistry. Like I just, I don't know what their vibe is. I don't know what their dynamic is. I don't think the movie knows what their dynamic is. Like one of the things that I find striking is that like in the original, the whole idea, at least like to me is like, Oh, Goldie Hahn's character is like, quote unquote, she's like the bitch. But like, then she goes into this setting where she has four children and it's like, Oh, wait a minute. We need somebody who like has some sense of discipline and like, will speak up for themselves and be like, no, things need to be this way. And I want them that way. And it's like, that was sort of like, whatever you make of it, that was sort of p- baked into the movie's sort of idea of the revelation. Whereas this one, like there's no corresponding thing that carries through for the character that has, has amnesia that sort of becomes useful and then like affirms their identity. Like it just, it's sort of like the idea with the switcheroo, like it got lost sort of in like the gender swap and the all of the swapping and switching. Like I just feel like somewhere along the way when you tinkered with the formula, like the message, however effective or ineffective it was in the first one, is even more muddled and lost in this one.
2: I I think you're totally right because his personality completely changes, like, a hundred. like Whereas hers, she keeps the good parts of her personality which are, like, being direct and, you know, having a sense of order, whereas he just completely, his personality changes. (laughs) It's it's actually, like,
1: And I I kept on trying. It's just like, you know what? Let me just enjoy the movie. Let me not analyze while I'm watching it. Oh, let me not read into that. Let me not read into that. But here we are. Here we are. I'm going to say exactly what I read into, which is that it just seems like she, it's like his transformation is from being like a fun Mexican man to a very like subservient Mexican American man yep. and I just his whole introduction is just like this thing where it's like he the movie seems to make the argument that he belongs more there because because work and work is what he always wanted to do he just didn't know it
0: and just like I don't what <laughs> a, yeah This movie definitely is treating like, it's treating his identity as sort of like, it's treating his Latino-ness as like the identity in the same way that like Goldie Hawn's character was quote unquote the bitch. I feel like the only quote unquote character trait that they are carrying through for him is like that he is Latino and like. I think, do they explicitly say that he is Mexican in this? I can't remember, like, if they, like, give him a specific... Because then later he's talking about, like, a Spanish legend. Is he, like, yeah, he, Mexican he, in, in the, this?
2: In the, like, description, it says he's a Mexican playboy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Like, it's just such a weird thing that they're playing with. And, like, again, they're treating it as, like, a character trait where, like, as though it's sort of, like, define Like, it's sort of in the same way that they have, like, assumed that there is sort of one way to identify as working class one way to dress as quote unquote, working class, like they all wear the same jacket. Like, I feel like this is very much assuming like, Oh, these are the questions and struggles of a Mexican. And I'm like, uh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's not a personality trait. (laughs) Like that doesn't define
2: your whole personality
0: also just gonna say the whole speedy gonzalez tattoo on the butt bit really weird really weird really weird i genuinely thought this movie was made like at least 10 years earlier than it was based on that joke i was like really in 2018 a speedy gonzalez on the butt tattoo really yeah Yeah, that joke
2: i was like what is this doing like there's
0: like what there's like not even really a punchline to it it's (laughs) just It's like, it's
2: like one of the writers, like Googled stuff from like 10 years ago. They're like, oh, Speedy Gonzalez. This won't be like weirdly outdated and kind of racist. (laughs) Like
0: Like, it's just weird. Like, I was was just like, what is this doing here? Yeah. Like
2: he's like, oh, I identify with Speedy Gonzalez. No, what? Right. I was like, no, no. I, I identify with like what like, like oh, what is there to
1: identify with <laughs> it's it's just I don't yeah. <laughs> and also I I wanted to point out that like well there are a bunch of different things like Anna Faris doesn't let him sleep in the bed. That makes me feel really uncomfortable. She and makes then she's sleep like, "In the
0: shed, in the, the shed, sh-
1: <laughs> the shed." Like, like the like. Uh, I don't even need to add racial
0: analysis to that. Like, you have this nigga like in the shed. Like, what are you doing? At and least it- <laughs> Kurt Russell had Goldie Hawn sleeping on the couch. At least she got to be in the house. That's what I was
2: gonna say. Like, why didn't they just follow the original and have him on the couch? If they're gonna do the whole, you know. I we're having this boundary for the bedroom
0: well I feel like the implication because it's made several times like because I feel like it's because they swapped it from a woman coming to live with a man and his four sons and now it is a man coming to live with a woman and her three daughters they bring up the idea of like oh is he a pervert is he a pedophile like this is mentioned multiple times and I feel like it's because like well, we're writing a script in 2018 and we have a random ass guy coming to live in this home with a woman and her three daughters. Surely there, but I'm like, if we're already suspending our disbelief on like 80,000 other things. Surely I can suspend my disbelief on the idea that Anna Ferris is okay with this man just coming and crashing on her couch. Like yes! of all the other things I am willfully believing I can go there in my brain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's I really couldn't...
1: no reason to treat him like a predator. And also, like, the argument that she gives is, like, oh, yeah, you're an alcoholic. So that's why you have right. to sleep out there. And it was your sponsor's idea. And, like, the thing is, is that I've been to a lot of, like, NA and AA meetings in my life. And that's fucking insane.
2: No one <laughs> yeah, would say that. Like, isolating somebody who's trying to recover is only going to make relapse more. Like, oh, here's a space alone that, like, isolates you and dehumanizes you good luck not drinking (laughs) like
0: what it's super weird also they imply toward the end that he's like using a giant bottle like he literally grabs like a big water bottle he's like can't forget my toilet i'm like do you have him like peeing and pooping into a big bottle okay so she gives him that bottle like Like, yeah she gives that to him oh Uh, I of that He's like, he,
1: she's like, you have to stay in the shed. And he's like, what about if I need to go to the bathroom? And then she hands him the bottle. Like, that's so <laughs> fucked
0: up. You've
1: got him shitting in a bottle. It's it's like, it's incredibly fucked up. Like, there's so much. And the thing also is, is that like, he, he's selfish, but he's not actually that mean. So it comes up
2: like. More it just feels, harsh. It feels more... Also, like, it's weird because, like, her her daughters are really, like, sweet. And, like, I don't know. There's so much to unpack with, like, the kids in both of them, right? But... Like it's obviously really fucked up to put your kids in a position where you're like, pretend that this is your parent. Don't get attached to them. Like what? Oh, oh with, like the her daughters seem like way more grief stricken than the boys do in the original. Like they seem way more like they want a dad, and like they're sweet and receptive right away. And and like so he comes into this house and they're just nice to him and well, i don't know it's just so different than the original where she's like kind of battling with the kids In this one yeah, he she's comes not getting in,
0: <laughs> yeah he's like, getting hazed His <laughs> daughters
2: aren't hazing him like right? yeah. yeah like <laughs> anna <laughs> ferris is being neater to him in a lot of ways with the shed and everything but like her place well, is actually pretty nice well yeah
1: the thing is is that like Anna does this to him and her tone is like mean and their tone with him is like, okay, this guy seems cool. But also, and maybe the best character note that I love is that the daughters are very annoyed with her for lying to him in the first place. Like from the beginning, they're just like, this is really fucked up. He seems like a nice guy and I don't understand why you're doing this and they're constantly telling her that it's just like your kids are
2: right listen to your kids yeah exactly whereas the original the boys aren't like like they're upset when she first finds out about everything and she leaves before she comes back but they're not like dad what are you doing
0: right (laughs) yeah they never say that are they slightly at least I think the older daughter, sh- I think she seems to be a little like the oldest child in the newer version seems to be a little older than the older kid. So like, oh, maybe yeah, that's definitely. also so that might also be part of it, just like being more with it, because I think like the oldest kid in the original, I think was like 11, which like 11 years don't have an idea what's going on. They don't know shit. <laughs> but yeah. I, do, I do love that in this one, you have the classic scene where, uh, you've got the little girl with the bike and she's like, I'm so tired of my training wheels. And he's like, uh, did I never teach you how to ride a bike? We'll fix that. <laughs> right like
2: he he takes on being a dad he takes it so seriously right it takes him like one day to turn into a really sweet person and then he's like cooking he's like making i also like the roast of her cooking i thought that was very funny like oh man that was was just like this white woman doesn't know how to cook (laughs) like her daughters are like wow like dad really makes good food i was like like, really
0: all i did was add onion and the spice called cumin
2: (laughs) and It's like, okay, so she
1: doesn't season her sauce. She's never seasoned the sauce. Like, like my spaghetti sauce is bad, but not because I don't season it. It's because there's something chemically wrong with me that I can't make good spaghetti sauce. (laughs) Uh,
0: No, I did love that. I did love that. I love that he had uh, I love that he meal preps for them with all the little organized Tupperwares. Love that. (laughs) oh yeah Neither absolutely can. yeah because in the original
1: it's like like Goldie Hawn was just making PB&Js but this guy is like he's like doing real cooking he's using spices he's teaching these kids how to like like Goldie Hawn does a lot of just like managing the kids but like he yeah. does like he fathers those kids in a way that like Anna Ferris can't do and I know that part of it is that she's studying to be a nurse and my mom is a nurse so I understand how much like space and stuff that that needs but it's like if you're a nurse like I don't know there's something I mean she's studying to be a nurse it's like her big like nursing thing but I don't know there's like some kind of prep that you have to do when you when you have a job when you're about to get a job that you know that you're not going to spend a lot of time with your kids it's just she doesn't really seem very like emotionally intelligent like she doesn't understand like how this is going to affect them, how anything is going to affect them.
2: Well, yeah, it seems like she's a very uh, emotionally unavailable mom, and that's kind of... It's kind of like uh, Kurt Russell in the original. He's emotionally available in certain ways as a dad, whatever that means at that time, but he is very chaotic and he doesn't know how to discipline his kids. And then Goldie Hahn comes in and she takes that over. And this one, it feels like Anna Ferris is very emotionally unavailable. Like, yes, she's, she's worn thin by having to work so much, but she's also just not paying attention to her kids in the ways they need. And then he comes in and Leonardo's, like, talking to the oldest daughter about what it means to be a teenager and move and, like, having all these emotional moments. So there's a sense in which he brings an emotional intelligence um, which again, it's interesting because it doesn't show him as emotionally intelligent at the beginning of the movie. So it's like a complete switch.
0: Yeah. I feel like in the original, you've got Kurt Russell's problem is that like, he's very much trying to be like a friend to his kids. Right. He's like, I'm their buddy. And he has no sense of discipline. And then Goldie Hahn comes in and you see her like hosing off the dishes. So she clearly is not like, you know, sitting there as like, a whiz at like the sort of domestic work but she does excel at sort of the disciplinary stuff whereas this I feel like there's no sort of character driven other than like she's studying to become a nurse like so it's like more of a practical obstacle than like an emotional one and so there's just even less character for her to work with like for me at the end of the day the problem is like I don't think, like, Ana Ferris had much of a character to work with. Like, what is her character other than, like, busy?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And honestly, it made me think of, like, her character in Mom a little bit. Like, it, I feel like there's this pattern with Ana Ferris where she'll get cast in a role and then people just tr- tr- keep trying to recast her as that role again. Like, you know, she's kind of, like, a chaotic mom trying to keep things together. And her mom is kind of self-absorbed and shitty and there's obviously tension there and she's trying to like be a better mom than her mom and so it did it made me think of that role but yeah you're right her character we don't really know what her personality is supposed to be like we don't even know like if it wasn't uh, Anna Ferris, her character wouldn't be charming at all.
0: <laughs> well, and even like aesthetically, you know, like Kurt Russell, like you think about that house and those kids, like that was a vibe. That was an aesthetic. Whereas like hers is basically just like this, like we had a partnership with Wayfair type aesthetic that like, it looks like every show on Netflix. Like the set design tells us nothing about this family because there's no imagination or personality to it at all. So like, there's just nothing to work with.
2: Yeah, exactly. It really missed an opportunity to like have a specific look or decorating or mess that like is ascribed to her because that is such a big part of the original is like that house is like a a nightmare. It is
0: terrifying. (laughs) And it's like, it's so easy. Like she's studying to be a nurse, like dare to make it a mess. Like, I feel like they were too worried. Just let it be a mess. Like, I want rotting dishes in the sink. I want clothes all over the bathroom floor. I want towels that look like they're growing mushrooms. Like, give me something.
2: Yeah. Cause like the original, like she arrives and she's like, Oh my God. And you actually relate to her. Like regardless, Mm -hmm. like uh, whereas with this one, when he's like, "Oh, I'm poor," I look at the place and I'm like, "That looks nice. I'd I'd like, love to I, afford that much space."
0: <laughs> like, I know. I'm like, eh, it's bigger than my place. Seems like they've got you know. They've yeah, got all of I think the, they have a washer and dryer
2: things. in the house. That's great. Boom.
0: Already, <laughs> and in Seattle, no less, doing great. Doing exactly. great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, over her entire, all of her character notes are. I'm tired. I'm overworked. I'm tired, and it's like, sure, but like if you're that tired and you're that overworked, like you have other things to say. Like when I'm tired, I'm just like going on weird tangents, man. I'm like, I'm like hyper fixating on shit. Like I'm reading the same page of a book like <laughs> over and over and over again. Like there are things like it just this movie has like no sense of women like at all
0: yeah well it's like it's true like even if like okay maybe her house is clean but she's just like constantly tossing out harebrained ideas for vacations because she's constantly like I just need something like what is her response to the stress like I just keep getting told she's stressed but I see no outward signs of stress other than like doesn't actually talk to her kids. (laughs) I mean,
2: yeah. And it really, obviously there's plenty of male writers that can write good female characters, but it really did feel like they just did not have imagination for how a single mom could be eccentric or interesting. Like her only personality trait is that she's a single mom and she's tired. And it's like, have you never met anyone? Like, do you, (laughs) like there, I, I thought of so many, ways that the house could have been different you know like she could have collected something there could have been like I don't know, old lava lamps that were broken, could,
0: <laughs> right? Like, there's just,
2: like, or there could have been, like, a bunch of cats that, like, you know, what the if, kids, like, like, played with and they were, like, dressed up. I don't know. There's so many options. options. Yeah. What if
1: there was, like, a poster with, like, human anatomy that she's, like, studying or something? Like, what if some, mate- some study materials, some scrubs? Like, I... Man,
2: like... <laughs> Yeah, there could have been skeletons. An uh, apartment full of skeletons? Amazing. They they could have had, like, I don't know. They could just have gross... Like,
1: like when my mom would come home from, like, learning... Because she's learning all this, like, gross shit because so much of being Mm -hmm. a nurse is, like, gross shit. My mom would, like, come to the table and she would just be like, you know, I... You know, this man, like, pooped while we were operating on him (laughs) or some shit. Like it'd be like oh yeah like like i was holding the heart and then it almost slipped out of my hand like like it was just always like this gross shit and she never like we were just like eating food and she cuz like right. when you're a nurse you're just so used to like blood and guts and like feces that it's a lot of the time it's hard to like not talk about it casually because that's casually, you know, that's like a part of your life. That's what you see every day. And it's just,
0: she doesn't even talk about that shit. Right. Or like leaving medical textbooks with weird skin diseases out and around. Like, I don't know, just again, like some sense of like identity or texture or something, just like something that makes this feel less like a, like commercial for a department store. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cause like the yeah, the I, I feel like the original just like again, it is such a wild plot and there's so many I mean, there's so many moments from the original that are like deeply like, oh god, why? Um, but you know who the characters are. So when they decide to pick each other, even after the whole harebrained scheme is revealed, you can still be like, Yeah, sure, but with this, we don't really know who Anna Ferris is. And then Leonardo's whole personality changes. So we fall in love with the version of him that is post-traumatic stress brain. <laughs> we don't know who he was before. And it it does feel like a weird, like, I don't know, assimilation tale. Like, there's just such a weird... I mean, it's creepy to have her, like, turn him into this husband that's, like, doing all these things for her. Um and, and like, because there's
1: no chemist, and because there's no chemistry between them, it's like he it's like she just like got like a servant, like even though, like Kurt Russell definitely treats Goldie Hahn like a servant a lot of the time, you can tell that he likes her
0: well, right. You watch them fall in love, whereas with this, we watch like, They have the similar parallel scene, obviously, but at the same time, like, another feature that's in this one that's not in the old one is that we constantly see Leonardo asking her to have sex and she keeps being like, no. Whereas, like, the other one was predicated on the idea that, like, Kurt Russell is falling for Goldie Hawn, but he's, like, giving her her time to figure out how she feels, like... And again, like, putting aside how messed up all of that is, like, at least, like, there's some sort of narrative of romance there to work with, as fucked up as it is, like... There just isn't romance in this one. Not at all. It's like, oh, thank God you're taking care of my kids and therefore I love you.
1: (laughs) Honestly, like the... Because he starts, you know, working with Mel Rodriguez and Mm -hmm. a bunch of other Latino gentlemen. um, They, those guys, seem to have, like, more chemistry and more love between them.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. I love the scenes, like where they were working with him. I was also very curious because we obviously know, like we know that Mel Rodriguez knows about the whole plan, but do the other men know about this plan or do they just actually think that he, like, like how involved are they? I was so curious about that detail because in the original, she's not going to work somewhere that's part of the plan. She's at home. So to have all these other people be part of the plan is an interesting choice in the newer version. Well, I almost
1: feel like the show, um, the movie is, is kind of making multiple people part of it to like, make it seem less racist because like she, Anna Faris didn't actually suggest doing this. Ava Longoria did. That and then she just, in-
0: the fact that it was her idea felt very intentional. <laughs> like
1: so she's so Anna Faris is like not sure about it at the beginning and it's like this idea well it's like well if one Latino person is fine with it then (laughs) then it's totally okay and there are no other (laughs) no follow-up questions moral questions here yeah it's it's so much oh my god there's so much white nonsense in this movie (laughs) and then like the best scenes of the movie are the the work, the like some of the nice dad moments, and whenever his family is like arguing. And Sp- I loved how much Spanish in this movie. By the way, like that was like the one part of it that I was like, I feel like there's a chance that it's it would be so easy to not have any Spanish in it because. American movies do not care <laughs> usually right, because
0: normally it wouldn't.
1: But yeah, I I loved how they were all speaking to each other in Spanish. I love how it wasn't just like it's like of course no like <laughs> no like Americans around. Let's just fucking talk.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: I did love the line. I think it was a uh, Josh Segarra who's actually also uh, I liked him in this. He's also really fun in the other two, but he had that line where like, I don't even remember what they were trying to ask them to do. I think he was like, Oh, can you like go so I can have a massage or something? And he just pretended like he couldn't speak English. And he's like, I love doing that to people. And it's like, that's a classic joke, but he pulled it off really well. And I enjoyed it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. That was that was a really great moment. And just like, the camaraderie at work, like the, the lunch conversations, you actually I don't know. You felt like everybody was friends and it was a moment where like Leonardo is kind of like trying to figure out because at that point he still doesn't remember anything. And he's like, I don't feel right. And everyone's like, yeah, we don't feel right either. And I was like, wow, this is like a roast of like capitalism and like like so many elements going on just talking about like the fucked up nature of Yeah, capitalism and classism and, like, the way that you get pigeonholed. And, yeah, I was like, damn, there's a whole movie here that I actually would prefer to watch. (laughs) It's like these men hanging out and talking about their lives.
0: (laughs) That certainly would have been more fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just really couldn't stand the white people in this movie except the girls. Every single time we were stuck with the white people, I was just like, what? (sighs) this is so boring (laughs) yeah pretty much pretty much uh yeah so i mean we know how it goes because like you know the beats he becomes a dad they they fall in love unconvincingly and then of (laughs) course there's the ending which is the same as the original where it's just like boats there are two boats The big boat is, like, going back to Mexico, and then the other boat is trying to stop that boat because Anna Ferris and her daughters are like, no, we need our servant back. Uh, (laughs) That's essential. And then, you know, he, like, jumps into the water, and it's this whole dramatic thing. And to be fair, like, because, of course, like, the sister really wants it to happen because that would mean that she got the money, And the dad doesn't want it to happen because the dad wants to give all the money to Leonardo. And it's, it's weird because like in the first one, it was the crazy husband who is like, I am God at sea. And like, it was very obvious that you would want to get away from that. Whereas the dad is like making some good
2: points I don't yep. want him to go back to her. Yeah, the dad. The dad's like, "Are you going back to that con artist?" And I'm like, "Very good,
0: read. She is." It's a really good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's. I mean, like, I. I feel.
2: After watching the original, I, of course, again, the plot, there's so much to say about it, but it is what it is. So at the end of the day, like you either can deconstruct every single choice in the plot or you can say, OK, I'm going to look at the plot as is at right. the, the original. I was like, OK, I, you know what? Sure. Yeah. And part of that is that. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn had very real chemistry and it was on and off screen. Whereas with this version, I feel worried for him. I feel like he's in an emotionally abusive relationship and um, best case scenario, Anna Ferris is just going to be emotionally unavailable to him and he's going to be a really great dad. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, I would also, honestly like love a scenario where they get divorced and then the kids just stay with him. <laughs>
0: I want to see the spinoff where they all just go live on the yacht. (laughs) Him and his three daughters living on the yacht. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And of course, like the twist in the first and the second one is that she think they think that they're going to have to give up their money, but they don't actually. So he gets to keep the money. And like, I'm honestly just wondering, you know, just you keep the money, you keep the kids, you, of course, like donate to some mutual aid funds. You come back, you get all of your co-workers, you know, really paid. Like, I just feel like he is going to use the money well now And I just, I just want to see him do that. I just want him to be like running around, like using his money for good. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You've learned the keys to happiness and now you have money. Now go forth and enjoy and leave this con artist behind. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
1: Like I'm usually like eat the rich, but like this guy he's fine i don't know (laughs) like if we're gonna eat the rich we can eat him like like down low like last ish like kind of like down there with like i don't know like bet Midler. (laughs) like it's like we have to eat you but like it
0: sucks
1: (laughs)
2: yeah absolutely we have all the elons to get through
0: first oh for sure i there's like so much chomping to do before we get to poor leonardo exactly He's so much purer than the people we should start with. I do love that in both versions, we also get that line where it's like the person who had been sort of serving the rich person then tells them like, well, you know, you've had this amazing privilege of seeing life from two perspectives and what you do with that knowledge now is up to you. And I'm like, I don't know were the lessons that profound. With I don't know. It's that hard to did, figure out. Did you out really before? need to
2: get in an accident to have empathy and listen to people? Like, is right. that really I mean, where we're
0: at? I'm like, did we really need this, like, Freaky Friday esque scenario to, like, learn to have empathy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, appar- apparently. uh So I think that, like, unanimously, we would not recommend people watch this movie, or if there was a cut of it with- without the Americans
2: maybe just like that yeah <laughs> yeah if you're gonna watch overboard watch the original
0: yeah i agree with that or
2: or just watch if you want to watch some of the actors in this watch most of the other things that they've been in yeah, <laughs> like literally any of them <laughs> also that laura thank you so much for joining us today do you have anything to plug uh
0: no (laughs) that's
2: real that's how i feel
0: like in this pandemic i'm like yeah so i'm alive i'm like i'm alive please find me nowhere (laughs) do
2: not perceive me after this podcast
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much oh we were talking at the same time thank you so much for joining us we will definitely have you back
0: yes i will come back
1: uh so yes watch the original um you can listen to this podcast on spotify stitcher google i think apple Podcasts. give us a rating a five-star rating on itunes if you don't want to give us a five-star rating then you know just just don't rate us we're fine we can do without it uh our our theme song is by clutch douglas and you know, thank every day. Cause it, I've never gotten tired of it. Like for as long Me as you've had it, I I don't get tired of it at all. It's just so good. Uh, yeah. So, um, by the time this is out, the Oscars will be over. So I would say justice for first cow.
0: I agree with
2: that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> all all right. right. Bye. Bye. Uh...
1: Yeah, back it up, back it up Let's dump this truck Oh uh, yeah, back it up, back it up Uh-uh, yeah